Welcome to the Thunderstock Show, where I bring you valuable brainstorms to enhance your life, liberty, and pursuit of property. I love doing these interviews. Today I have a special Lebanon native, Noah Starry. Ask for Noah. Welcome, man. Thanks so much for making it out. What's up, buddy? I appreciate you having me out, man, as always. It's a good time talking about Lebanon, talking about real estate. Today's episode will be fondly titled, Keeping It Real with Lebanon Real Estate. Or some condensed version. Yeah, man. We probably spent like 30 minutes prior to this having <laughs> just a great way to hype this up to really jump into this real estate conversation, bro. I felt like we took Google Maps and just scrolled, <laughs> scrolled around. I just did a commentary about different areas in the history. I'm not lying when I say I had goosebumps talking about how dope Lebanon can be and like learning the history from Noah. Noah, brief background on you. You're from Lebanon City, born and raised. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised from Lebanon City. Um, I went to Lebanon High School, graduated 2010. Um, A baller. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> no Pat Daly, let's just say that. Yeah, shout out to Project Pat. Hope you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, man, born and raised um, from the city of Lebanon. Uh, city of Lebanon is like we were talking 25,000 residents. Um, not a lot of people know it, but what's crazy is like, you know, we were on the map for the Trump election. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. crazy stuff like that. Like people forget. And what we were talking about, how the city of Lebanon is the uh, uh, the keystone. Like Lebanon County is the, the keystone county of PA. PA is the keystone state of the tri-state area. So The country. Yeah. So basically when you get it down to it, the city of Lebanon is the heart of all that. So, yeah, you know, you guys are going to find out that I'm a huge representation of, of city of Lebanon and the growth and the potential that it, it potentially has to, to uh, get to a something special. I can't wait to talk about commerce. Why Lebanon is such a dope place to live and be, be a part of raise a family and all things related about real estate. So I want to say Pennsylvania being the keystone state, not only is the land, the best land, not only is the geography, like if you want a bridge between the South or the Midwest or oh, yeah. anywhere else in the country from the, the coastal elite, the, the boss wash I-95 corridor, you pretty much go through PA. Uh, most of the ports, I mean, shit, unless you're going to Baltimore port, but like yeah. the Philly and New York ports see more action. Any Boston transportation ports. on the ground, you have to Just go importing. Through. Yeah. You need to pass through, yes. you know what I mean? Pennsylvania going from, you know, top to bottom, east to west. Like it's just the way it operates. And it's crazy. You go back to the first, you know, 13, colonies you know what i mean like yeah. pa you know philadelphia was our our capital like it talks a lot about pennsylvania lancaster what, was for a period of yeah, time but for, they changed their yeah, mind they're like, they like nah and then they moved to harrisburg but we uh, can't have lebanon we're taking harrisburg <laughs> lebanon actually was first choice but uh, don't don't fact check me yeah so you know <laughs> uh being born and raised in lebanon um i'm not gonna lie i as you know there's a lot of home to, uh homegrown guys that are you know always go through it of like uh, I'm going to graduate high school and I'm going to get out of here and forget about everything. And I had that mindset. I used to not, I did not want to be in Lebanon, didn't want to be a part of it, but I also was young and mature and didn't understand like the potential. Um, it's so unrefined, like Lebanon city. And then you talk about the County. It's been the same for the past, like 60 years. You know what I mean? Like 50 years You go, you know, go back to the seventies. We were discussing like yeah. the steel mill, like once that disappeared, everything kind of disappeared and it's like invisible walls went up and no one outside of Lebanon never even touched Lebanon. Now all of a sudden you have, 
investors and developers and stuff coming from Lancaster, coming yeah, from yeah. York, coming from Dolphin, um, because there's just so much land. There's so much, you know, there's so much potential. Man. <laughs> it, it's it's untouched, man. One of the craziest things about Lebanon, if you look at a map, is it is nested between Dolphin, Lancaster, Berks County, and what Schuylkill's north of it. Yep. Schuylkill's in a similar position to Lebanon. York so. South, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, York, you got to either go through Dolphin or Lancaster, but you get these, these I don't want to call them like suburban municipalities of Dolphin and Lancaster, for example. Lidditz, as a, as a town, has blown up to the point where it's just unsustainable. The median household income doubled since yep. today versus when I was in school. Then you have Hershey. Hershey's is just insane. And Hershey's that's, their own country, bro. Like Hershey's their own like they're their it's own like country. the Vatican, dude. They literally <laughs> Hershey gets to do whatever the fuck Hershey wants to do in Hershey. Yes. Um, fun fact though, they actually uh, had a an amusement park up in Connecticut back in the seventies, and they also had a hotel Hershey in Philadelphia, and neither of them worked out. And I solely believe because they did not have the power that they do in legislation and municipality as they do in Hershey. I swear to it, because they get to do. Whatever Hershey wants to do, you know what I mean. Like as long as the board for Mil- the Milton Hershey, like that, the trust and all that, say, "Hey, it's okay." They do as they please. It pays to be the sweetest uh, dude board of trustees on <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, you have Hershey, you have Lidditz, you have Wyoming, missing Sinking Spring, I have Berks. They're all sort of nestled. It's like a U shape around this Lebanon. And I, I feel like what's happening, because we're talking about real estate, we're going to go into real estate for sure. Yep. As an agent, I'm seeing, hell, my next door neighbor moved in from, you know, the coast. Yeah. Like suburban, uh, like Rhode Island, kind of like a suburb of Boston-ish. And he was Bastin. telling me, Baston. <laughs> and they were just telling me, they're like, oh, it's so cheap out here and this and that. Like this house was less than our you know house that was half the size and it's I'm crazy like, it's what? been like that for decades and and you know you look like i was telling you how in the early 2000s we had um a just an influx of of uh low income right because it was cheaper like dude a one bedroom shitty apartment in patterson jersey was eight or nine hundred dollars you could come yeah. drive two hours away come to Lebanon, and you could pay four or five hundred dollars for the same apartment so it's funny you say that, that like nothing has changed in proportion of cost. It's just now higher yielding income earners are realizing it and starting to come here because there's things that are That's attracting so them. Like it's remote work. One of yeah, them. Everything's the same for poor people and rich people. It's just, you know what I mean? It's who's it comes, finding out about in the map. Exactly. And what, like what comes first. And for us in Lebanon, unfortunately we had a lot of low income, you know, uh, come into the area in the early 2000s and now 20 years later you're seeing like super high yielding income earners saying the same thing that they said 20 years ago yeah. same concept it's wild just in a different spectrum so you so know. what's the solve is it is it i think we have to keep reinvesting putting money into lebanon it's, it's i think it's creating jobs yes it's definitely we need more housing. Like, is that it? Yeah, man. Like, you got to look at it. Like, for the city of Lebanon, like, we actually have a housing crisis. They're calling it because we don't have enough housing for the twenty-five thousand plus residents. And that's when we say twenty-five, you got to think about it. like when that's the census. There's probably more. 30, 40 percent that don't fill that stuff out. So there, there might be thirty-five thousand people in, in the city of Lebanon. There's not enough housing to go around, 
and we definitely need to change like the legislation of it. Like I know I talk for the city specifically because that's where most of my investments have been over the past five years. But in a whole, like we need to be more progressive Mm. and being more progressive means the legislation needs to be more open. It needs to be like, you know, what specifically is going on. So for those that don't really know. Okay. So when I talk about legislation and things like that, I'm talking about the zoning. Mm All right. So in the city of Lebanon, we have, uh, just like everybody else, we have like uh, high density, medium density, and low density residential. We have INO, which is institutional and office. Um, there's some like industrial and like commercial stuff like that. But it's from, you know, the zoning is, is ancient. Like, you know, mm. it, it's it's still, it's it, people talk about pre-COVID. We're talking from the 70s and the 80s, man. Like we need zoning that needs to be progressive in the fact that, it needs to adapt to what we need. We don't, you don't need businesses downtown until you have people downtown. Right. Right. Well, if people aren't living downtown or not going downtown, who the fuck's going to open a business down there? The analytics, like, you know, you're a marketing guy, like, you know, and I mean, one of the things we talked about before the podcast was the walkability score. So I'm from Lancaster for years and years and years. And I was telling Noah that you could walk from the north end, northeast side of the city all the way to the center of the city in 20 minutes. Totally fine. No problem. You don't even second guess it. You know, I, not even a question. Like I just. But in the city of Lebanon, you pull up to a spot and there's no parking right out front. You're yeah. like, oh, it's too full. I, I, I got to go. I got to go. And, you know, the, the perception is, is that we need businesses and all these other things. And I, I look at it as like, we have to reverse that. We need people first. Like our generation is convenient. Like we were just talking about, you know, having something near your house that you would go to. Right. Yeah. It's our, it's just in our, it's the way we've worked, grow, like how we grown up and stuff and how the next generation is, is like, if you had more people that would be living downtown, they're more likely to, you know, service those businesses or, you know, attend those businesses and go get coffee because they live right above the coffee shop or i'll tell you man uh, it's crazy to me to see i one positive is all the construction going on outside the expo center where the ash cigar lounge where i first met noah shout out to that place you're doing the right things that's awesome jonathan byler man yes yeah they're doing the right things there you have the ula bowls that's trendy that's hip it's bringing a cool crowd there yep you know mix shout out to andrew my buddy who owns that bro yeah and Brock Snyder, who started the, the yeah, franchise. originally from Lancaster, man, is that the Solanka <laughs> guy who I might have wrestled in two thousand eight, <laughs> December of two thousand eight? It, it might have crazy been, how might have been three to two victory for me, but dude, full circle, that's wild. The owner of the Lebanon one, Andrew, he, I went to LVC with him. What, <laughs> dude? It's just crazy. You 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 wrestled the the original uh, creator and owner and. My buddy, I, I had freaking class or whenever I did go to class. But that's what I mean, though. We're bringing the people our age that are that are Bro. making things happen. We're bringing them to the city. Like, as much as full circle can be, should be coming back around and we're to getting, the area. We're getting there. Yes. But I think one of the things, and it's not, I didn't mean a complaint. When I lived in Lancaster, I can walk in two different directions, south or west, and I could go in five to ten minutes to, like, an awesome, awesome, like, neighborhood bar, tavern, pub. Yep. And meet with my friends. Like all the crowd there was people that were all walking there. Not all, but like fifty percent, like the regular people that would go there every Thursday or whatever. You had the option though. You and then had you had people ability. from all over that would drive in and have a nice date night Me? or whatever. Yeah. You'd have that crowd, but it would all be the crowd that was representing the actual area and that demographic. And if you wanted coffee, there were there became options that were really nice for either breakfast, lunch, or dinner. 
I'm not going to say anything in particular for those that aren't geographically aware of the area. But if I go to the local tavern, it's not the people in my neighborhood that are going there. Yeah, no. It's not. And, it, and I'm trying to understand reverse engineer how to uh, fix the representation problem of like businesses. Dude, perception. Perception. Yeah. Lebanon has had this perception for two plus decades, three decades now. You go back to like the 90s, even the 80s of like after the steel mill, man, Lebanon's just a ghetto poor shithole. And it's like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand it. I, I can't wrap my mind, my, my mind around it because at the end of the day is like those same people that say those things are the same people that said it about like brewery town and fish town down outside of Philly, like yeah. Brooklyn, fish look town, at Bro- dude. dude, look at Brooklyn yeah, and Brooklyn. My buddy, I have a really good friend that literally, he took me to his, like his hood. That's what he called it. And he took me to the apartment complex that he was in and we hung out there for the weekend. And I was like, I played basketball. There was this huge mat. I mean, dude, yeah. the park was probably like the bit as big as the city. And there was people doing like yoga and kickboxing. And he's like, yeah, yep. man, this is where, you know, you, you get shot and all this other stuff. I'm like, bro, you, you told me all the stories when your childhood, this place is like freaking awesome. I'd move here. He's like, dude, 20, 30 years later, you know what I mean? investors came in and started mm. dumping a shit ton of money and now look look where Dude, it's at. I'm at Austin, Texas right now. Bro. Talking about Austin, Texas right now. Look at look at what Texas happened. Texas in general, bro. Is Texas in general is is <laughs> It's just dude, it's like steroids. It's just it constantly is. fucking growing and expanding. Dude, well, the think roads. about it. They talk about legislation before, right? So Texas has the square footage. They have them they have this space. And they don't give a fuck. And the, and <laughs> tax it's very tax friendly for business owners. They they love guns. They love freedom. They love money. They love success. Yes. They love America. They have great values, and I think Lebanon at its core also does have great values. But then you look at where the people came from in Texas. So one of my favorite studies to do, and you're going to appreciate this, is 12 months after COVID happened. What's the migratory patterns? Right. You look at the birds. Like oh, people people in Canada and New York, they fly in the winter from you know Brooklyn and Manhattan down to Tampa. Yeah. Right. That's what Canadians all love to go to like um, the west side of, of Florida. Where did people go during COVID? The three states that lost the most people, not in any particular order: New York, five; New York, Illinois, California. Where did they go? Florida, Texas. Uh, Carolinas. Yeah. Arizona. Tennessee. Arizona's Arizona. big. Dude, Arizona's like the number one right? retirement state. Yes. It's yes. God, it's balls out But there, think bro. about that, dude. But like all people leaving blue states going to red states. Yep. Not trying to get political, left, right, or whatever. But I'm saying that the advantages is for like when you need business, when business gets shut down, when business is hard to do, people want to get paid. They want to be able to work. People want yes. to go where the jobs are. Yeah. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, right? You want to make money. You yeah. want to have a good job. You want to, you know, be provide able to provide. Family. Yeah, exactly. And when legislation or, you know, these states get, they, they start to like clamp down on zoning and all this other, like basically political bullshit. At it's the end political of the day. bullshit. Like at the end of the day, like they don't give two fucks, man. Like both sides win, lose or draw. And the people are making the, millions of dollars. The and bureaucrats it's are making millions of dollars. Exactly. Dude. And it's hurting. The, it's through the middle class, man. I have red in my beard. Noah has red in his beard. This is audio. You can't see it. Oliver, uh, Oliver Anthony music has red in his beard. He says, rich men, North of Richmond. What we're trying to say really is that 
it should be these grassroots movements that are of quality and substance of value like the true nature music. of america dude like th- if we get down to it was recording on shit that was a fraction of the cost of what we're recording on here and we're not getting any views we're getting some views yeah we're not getting itunes top charts you know 12 million downloads on youtube in seven days yeah but what i'm trying to say is like it's the it's the core substance of it and once you give people an opportunity to actually feel proud of where they're from again because people were proud to live in lebanon in the 70s dude Right, we have not the 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 majority of Lebanon population is not proud of Lebanon, and the biggest shit talkers are those that live in Lebanon, and it drives me nuts, and I don't understand it because if, you know, if you go to like true ghettos and hoods, right, the the greatest quality of 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 the ghetto and the hood, right, of wherever you go, is that they'll talk shit on their own place, but they will represent and. Speak. But you can't. You but can't. I can't talk. You shit can't. On that place. And yeah. and if you Brit, if you say anything, I'm gonna stand there and yep. I'm gonna put my chest down and say, "Yo, I'm from so and so." Yes. Lebanon's the complete opposite. We, when I say we, I'm saying Lebanon residents speak the most fucking shit in the world, and it drives me nuts, and it really upsets me. I one time put a post a few years ago in my earlier years of doing this, right. And I asked, hey, would you pay $1,100 for a one-bedroom? It was at that moment, nothing that has ever been heard of or all this other stuff. But I was trying to test this. I was, I was doing a social experiment because I was working on a project that, like, I believed I want I could get $1,100 for. You know what I mean? I was hardwood floors, exposed brick, you know, yeah. Yeah. all this other stuff. I Easy. never once in my life ever had a, somebody comment that praised me and talked shit all in the same sentence. I never had that in my it life. It just blew their minds. I was like, they didn't ever think that it could be worth that before. They're well, probably he scared goes, of you. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I would never pay that shit. You're doing a great job. Let me keep it up. <laughs> I was like, ah, bro, ah. are you saying that you're not my target audience, but you live here? I'm confused as fuck. You're saying that you're basically talking shit on like, cause he said it in a way that, and maybe I'm reading into it. It's fucking Facebook comments, yeah. but he's saying it in a way of like, you're crazy. You're stupid. No one in their right mind would ever pay that in Lebanon. But good job on what you're doing and keep doing it. What the fuck, dude? You make no sense to me. Like I you're- think I think the way people look at time though has a lot to do with that reaction because they may have forgot what Lebanon used to be when there was industry that brought all these jobs, right? When it was the Keystone, the steel. Half of the people don't even know that. That's but they, the sad they part. don't even know that, right? So then you have these. And YouTube this kid was channels. born like homegrown, born and raised in Lebanon. Man, like so I, maybe it's an education thing too. Maybe we gotta tell people like, yo, this the reason this place exists is because of you know the the Cornwall uh, furnace. Is that what yep, it's called? Yep. And then the, all the the steel the mills. Steel mill was huge. Like that was like huge. Lebanon was basically like a Pittsburgh. Like if you look at it. Like the north side of Lebanon was uh, homes were a lot of majority of homes were built for like the working yes. man, woman, whatever you want to call it nowadays. And then there's a lot of homes on the south side. Like if you go up Lincoln Ave yep. off of off of Locust Street, he- like heading totally east, though, there's these brick homes, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're duplexes. They're built in twos. They were literally built for the supervisors of the steel mill. They brought people from areas, built those and house them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a lot of development in the Le- city of Lebanon came from the steel mill industry, like Bethlehem steel. Like they, yes. they basically did the same thing Hershey did when he was developing Hershey. Like he built around his business. Yes. Lebanon did too. Cause and- Lebanon was not really, it's crazy. We were considered an urban city right? for the thirties and twenties sh- and shit like that. But like, when you look at us now, like comparatively to it's like country. Harrisburg and there's, Dude, you could literally walk from the the city limits from east to west in like 
15 minutes. You know what I mean? That's Yeah, I guess that's actually that's a good point. Yeah, take but but we're we're considered an urban city and I just I don't see us that. You know what I mean? Like it's super high density, but we don't have the urban feel. If we had like, you know, everybody's walking around and there was a ton of things to do and stuff. Then I would be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's wild. The traffic patterns too. Like if you're going to be looking at driving around, like I will tell you that during rush hour, you'll see Rockerty and 72 be jammed up because people are pretty much coming from the other counties. If yep. they're going to be commuters, yep. um, people work 3000 people. Now this is from yeah. like 2020, 2021, 33,000 drivers cross 72 and 422 right there where Snitz Creek brewery is every day. It's wow. the highest traffic intersection in the county, what? right? And my whole thing is like, it's the downtown. Why are we like, wh- where are we going? Yeah, wh- wh- why is there not like more things happening on that like corner? Like, why don't we like? Why doesn't the city have a massive fucking billboard right there that's like promoting business? Yeah, I'm not against the legislation of the city. I think, uh, you know, we're Mayor, trying to grow it. We're trying to have creative problem solving. Just right. think we talk about like real Just estate. You know, bro. we don't always have to do twenty percent down conventional <laughs> financing to do a deal. Fuck that. You know, for, we'll, we'll get into sorry that. guys, not saying that's a bad thing. But for me, it's not my thing. I like to think about creative problem solving. Like, how can we solve the problem with what we got? Right. What we got is we got thirty three thousand people going to a certain area. I'm like, dude, that's a lot of people. Guaranteed. Like, yeah, guaranteed. They go there no matter what every day. It's just a guaranteed route. So how the hell can't you turn that into something? Dude, and I don't have that. I don't have the answer. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm questioning it. Another thing that's absolutely fucking bonkers, right? The food quality in Lebanon. Do you want to talk about like the the produce auction? Do you want to talk about the farms like Patches Creamery down there? Dude, patches, bro, it's so good, dude. I love the patches. eggs and milk, like, dude, yeah, the man. food, like, you can go and get butchered local. Bro, meat. I told you. It's Shout out the Pudgies. So good downtown, bro. Like you love barbecue and stuff yes. like that and my my guy pudgy's man uh barbecue uh he air yes it's fucking awesome bro but no one knows about it but people don't know about best it. authentic tacos bro oh sergio and lupita own uh la Placita right downtown i mean dude they literally they get all their produce from the uh i think it's a mexican market out of like berks county bro it's so great and it's like better, like um, I'm telling no, you, no, man. no disrespect to like Plaza Aztec and all that, but like it's I'm fun. talking like straight up homegrown, authentic Mexican food, and nobody knows, nobody knows about it or goes to it. I mean, part there's of it's the walkability. And, part gems. of it's the walkability because you 100%. get when you go to Lancaster Market, right? I'll just do that comparison. It is flooded with traffic, and you get these like gems. But like I go to Lebanon Market, I'm like, dude, people. Like I first of all, I drove there. Just yeah. fine. Not complaining about it one single bit. But, but imagine like, if there was other things around that. You would traffic. you would drive, yes. park, and you say, my my and initial destination is the market, right? Yeah. But oh look, there's a tailor. Oh look, there's a you know a boba shop. Oh look, there's a coffee. We don't have any of that. No. Like you. It's go, what, starting to happen across on Rockety, across from the Expo Center. It's like the seed. It's yes. like the little engine that yes. could. And what I love, and people get frustrated, like. Before Starbucks, right? Before Lebanon got Starbucks, which I'm telling you, this is how you know Lebanon was like deprived child for 50 <laughs> years. Is yeah. that when that came in, everybody was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. That was the, that was the first franchise outside of McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's in 50 years. What, dude? I feel like I'm, my mind's blown. I love Starbucks, bro. To, before I, Starbucks, Timeless Cafe was like one of the only cafes in the area, and it was downtown, right? Now. You have Ancestors, you have Swatera, you have R&B, you have 
Mill 72? Mill 72, Sydney's, you have Revive, you have City Watch. All those are within... I got to go all those now. Right outside, right outside the city and in. Yeah. Literally. All those I named. I just named like 10 of them. Dude. All because Starbucks came in. Let me ask you something. What about co-working spaces? One of the things that brought a lot of commerce to Lancaster City was like the candy factory. Now in Lidditz, there's like rock candy co-working up by like rock Lidditz. Is there co-working spaces where people can do their like their shit at? I'm going to tell you there was one. I, I know uh, Chad Gallagher. I don't know if you ever heard yeah, of him. Yeah. He used to be at the Hive. Yeah. Yeah. So they had, they actually had the Hive or something like that at the Keystone, the old Keystone milling place. Yeah. I just don't think Lebanon has the, the, I don't, I don't see it yet. I don't, it's not there yet. Like I look at Lebanon as like, we need more people that are self, self-producing like entrepreneurs. We need more getting, entrepreneurs here. Yes. Like, like, you know what I mean? And Dude, I, I love, I don't mean to cut you off. Go on. Go no, on. no, go ahead, man. Like I just, for me personally, like when I look at it as my, like, and again, I am biased. Like I am looking at it as an investment standpoint of like yeah, co-working spaces, basically office and institutional. Yeah. The city of Lebanon, you got to think it was office and institutional for a long time. And doctor you used to have doctors down off of like Chestnut downtown, all that other stuff. It's just, they're not filled. Like you got to think about it, like, they're just not used anymore. So, you know what I mean? We need more, housing we need to be able to fill and we need to fill all tiers the other way yes, the other crazy yes. part is like we got a lot of like um you know uh affordable housing you mm-hmm. know we need more of it but you know every that's another thing urban areas that you need it affordable housing you i don't care it. what city you're in like you gotta have it but like we need more of the middle grade and then we don't have we need premium like there's no premium housing in the city it's, it's, it's becoming point. And that's where, dude. I, I have a. I did a nine unit on Locust Street. Yeah. I spent half a million dollars on the renovation, and I char- like we're getting about eleven, a ten ninety five to twelve seventy five for one bedroom apartments. But I'm providing a good product, a great product in my mind. You know what I mean? Everything's brand freaking new. Yeah. And a great service. I, you know, the other side of real estate is the service side of it. Like if you have a rental and you have a landlord, like services is service extremely is important. So. Like people probably hearing this and like, what the fuck? You paying that eleven? But uh, you know, the difference is, is or, you could go or or they're saying, what the what the fuck? Yeah, like excited because we're exactly is so expensive and it's yeah. crazy. A lot of my tenants, a lot of our tenants on that spectrum, are interns, are uh, resident, you know, doing a residency, are young professionals, and I'm trying to build, I'm trying to diversify my portfolio to have all three. Dude, to have what if people that worked at Hershey Med, bro, lived in Lebanon? Even right? good, even Wellspan. Right? Like Wellspan's literally like two blocks away. I I've been if anybody's listening to this and has a connection with, you know, traveling nurses or residents, dude, bro, travel nurses. Yeah, I'm trying to get yeah. connected with uh, the the medical industry and young professional industry to, you know, fulfill our our premium housing. You know what I mean? That yeah, looking I'll, for I'll get with you after this pod, we'll, dude. We'll link yeah, up man. Like because yeah. we have like I have tenants like, hey, can I do a nine month stay? Yeah, and. He, the the kid was like, you know, I, I, we, I have we told, someone dying to invest to, to throw cash and help with that. So, bro, yeah. I want to do it more, and I think Lebanon's perfect for it, bro. Yeah. You you oh said God, yeah. you said the Hershey Med, bro. We have Wellspan. Yo, there, how many doctor Wellspan basically controls all the doctor facilities in this area, mm-hmm. in medical facilities, it's true. and they're constantly now that it's not mom and pop. Is, Wellspan is, is different than UPMC. Yes, yep, and yeah. now we have UPMC, which is yeah. crazy. Like, you know, what I mean, you got to think way back. It was only Good Samaritan. 
Yeah. Now it's, it's these gigantic, and there's no mom and pop. Like when I was younger, my doctor, Doctor Yoakum. No, I had Doctor Ewing. She literally, she was my my brother's doctor. She was my doctor and my son's doctor. Sheesh. And then she retired, and now my son goes and sees whatever random doctor is available at the time. Yeah. It drives me nuts, dude. My my doctor came to my birthday parties. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, you don't see that shit anymore. So I love Lemon. With that medical industry and, like, how much – everything's relocation, all that. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to provide that. You know what I mean? Dude, I feel like from a job standpoint, right, if – it, let's put our we always have our entrepreneur hats on but for yeah. the show what kind of jobs like i'm looking at during covid you people had this fear of going to the grocery store they, they all shopping online e-commerce is going through the roof distribution distribution the keystone state so when you go out west 81 <laughs> it like takes you you get like carlisle distribution that is was on distribution the rise hub. covid was Blue a catalyst yeah. was like it it, it I had an argument one night. I'm at the bar, right? It's like, I won't say what bar because we were there past time that we weren't supposed to be there, but we're there. <laughs> and, you know, during COVID, we do it regularly. And we got in this argument because I, I literally was trying to tell my buddy that distribution is the new blue collar and it's not going away. And he would look me in my face and say, oh, you know, that that ain't true. You know what I mean? That You don't even like, I got a, I got a college degree, blah, blah, blah. I said, and guess what? You're not fucking working. You're sitting on your ass having a beer with me and bitching about how, you know, well, not bitching. He was on unemployment shit, but yeah. when distribution, Dude, it, didn't stop. It, would, it didn't stop, it picked up, man. They were, they were freaking going crazy. And that literally shut him up on like the world shut down, bro. It never happened in the history of humanity. Yeah. The world fucking shut down for sure. But medical and distribution did not. Those two things, because people always get sick and need, yeah. need health and, Everybody's always need buy something. People always <laughs> also need a place to live. So shout out to Noah. And people also need something to eat. Shout out to yeah. Lebanon Farmers. They need a place for their Amazon packages to be delivered. They need a mailbox. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, man. Job wise, like I um I, I look at Lebanon as as uh, distribution and you probably heard it twenty times now, but like distribution jobs are like restructuring Yes. Lebanon County and Lebanon City. And then what's great is like everything gets built off blue collar, bro, and middle yes. class. Everything. Like the whole country we, was built off of blue collar labor. We we the middle class How supports do you think the Empire the poor, State Building got there. Not like, AI. Like, no, not dude. Like middle class. Yeah. And I think if we can reestablish the middle class back in Lebanon, it once you establish the middle class, you can always start to establish, you know, white collar. Sure. So like back to your co working space. I think in five years to seven years. The co-working thing will be, it will blow up because we will establish the middle class, working class and stuff like that, that generate and bring. Because at the end of the day, like if you're, if you're a professional, right, if you're a, you know, marketing or you're a lawyer or a doctor or financial or anything like that, your services usually get like your, you uh, need patience. Yes. You need people that can spend, serve you you and spend the money And, and majority of that's out of the middle class. Yeah. So you know, for jobs, if we can continue to hit that rise of like the middle class, hardworking, you know, and, and continue to grow that, it's going to be the foundation. And then it goes back. And then real estate, same with real estate. Like if we can continue to bring people to this area, um, it will continue to grow and appreciate. And once you do that, 
businesses like look at look at like Target and Starbucks stuff. These people bitch about these franchises. It's like, dude, they spend millions of dollars on Mark. Like, we make it. We are in a competition of getting a Chick Fil A. Yeah, but who's beating them? My question: People that are complaining about Target and Starbucks. It's like, listen, provide a better service. And that, like, but that's th- the whole. They're 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 serving a community. Like you can serve the community, you just aren't because you're they, hitting they are. it on the head. Because the thing is, what I love about franchise, and it goes back to the Starbucks thing, is like, Starbucks went in. Now we have all these coffee shops, and they're fucking awesome, and they're killing it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because entrepreneurs, small business people, don't have the money to spend on marketing and all stuff. But what they do have is they look at it as like, oh, Starbucks, I could do better than that. You yeah. know what I mean? I could undercut that and still provide a better service. Yes. I'm gonna open up a coffee shop. All right, dude, this is killing it. Oh man, I had I had so and so's coffee the other day. I could re- I got a really good connect on on a roastery. I could open a coffee shop and kill it too. And now look at it. You yes. have ten different, and you have choices, and and they all a different vibe. But that's what that's the whole point of what we're trying to say is like capitalism. You, yes, you <laughs> like choices. Competition, believe it or not, makes everything better. It's a hundred percent better. It drives business. And if if you're a business owner, right, and you're facing competition. And you're getting upset because you're getting beat and you need to look yourself in the fucking mirror and tell yourself, what can I do differently and what can I do better? Yes. Because at the end of the day, competition gives choices. That's literally the whole essence of but, life. But think about it, dude. When you, when you, before you got into entrepreneurship, if you were like me, you might have thought, oh man, competition, I need to... I need to, you know, undercut that person. I need to squeak him out. It's collaboration. Like one, the further along you get, bro. you collaborate with people. You learn from other people. You send leads and referrals their way. They'll do the same thing to back to spider web. Like you're just growing a community, and that's I mean competition should be with yourself. Like, hey, I don't want to do a shitty job. Like I want to, you know, if I, I want to give the best product and service that I can give yes. the way I do it. Because if not, somebody else will and take my customers that I care about that care that dude, have been feeding my family. Are you a Gary V? Do you listen to Gary V? Dude, I saw Gary V talk in twenty sixteen, blew my mind at inbound marketing conference. Bro, I was you about, saw him in person? I was from media away. Fuck, bro. It was insane. So Gary like that v. was when Jab 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 right hook came out and yeah. I like crushing it before that. Gary V got me like into cage fighting. Like Dude. I decided, like I could be a mixed martial artist. I'm like, ah, you know, uh, whatever. That's like what, you know, I that's was what waffling. he does, bro. And, and and it got me. I was like, dude, I sold the most tickets at the entire show as a debut Emmy. Like I was zero and zero. Like no, no one should know who it was. I sold more than the headliner because of I just read Gary V's books and just committed to action. Gary V, man, is if you don't know him, go check him out. I'm not gonna give too much on, but like what what I was trying to get at is like he. There's no secret sauce to success, bro. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like it's all the same shit, just a little bit different flavor. And Gary V, what I love about him is like he literally will say, tell you exactly how the fuck he's doing it. And but his punchline is like, you're not me, and yeah. you're not gonna do it the way I'm gonna no. fucking do it. So if you as a business owner can understand that and actually dive and like read in in between the lines, is like you're not Starbucks, you're not fucking Target, you're not, you know. Or all these other brands or whatever you're you and you just need to be the best of you and give provide that sauce and it will be successful bro mm-hmm. like you you know you can't just be like oh fuck like i'm gonna go spit in this guy's coffee because no. yeah like no bro like you're gonna you're gonna go go enjoy someone else's coffee at another coffee shop and you're gonna be like damn this is really good i like this vibe like oh shit like i could do i could do it this way you know what i mean and and i see that a lot like lebanon is open for business bro for I know. all spectrum of business like we don't have like bro honestly the co-working space i don't fucking know because 
it's not done. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like actually a good point. Like it because has like opportunity. for me, like I talked to a couple of people that are remote workers too. Like, I'm a remote worker, whatever. And like I got a small business, it's gonna do less than seven figures. I mean, it's not like a huge business, but it's it's small, you know, a small thing. And I know other people that are in a similar boat, and they they work from home. And I'm like, dude, we work in the same neighborhood. Like, yep. wouldn't it be nice to not have to like be isolated in our house all the time? Like, have a spot where we can collab. Well, it's also because right now we're going to coffee shops as a collab, and I have yep. to find you from the internet. Like, this is weird. And also, too, I will say like. My home is like my oasis. Like I try rarely to do business at my home. So, you know, I love, I always loved having a place away from home. And, you know, some, as a small business owner, like when you think of it financially and like all those other things, like you're like, oh, why would I pay for a fucking office when I don't really need it? But like co-working, like honestly, man, come and go as you please and connect and all that other stuff, man. Like think about a real estate brokerage. Some like I used to work at uh, home sales services. Berkshire Hathaway, they had their insurance in there. They had the yep. title in there. You know, they had a whole bunch of things underneath one roof. Are you basically saying we should collab to open up a co-working space? I mean, dude, I went to a place the, on the record uh, <laughs> for for legal purposes. This is all a joke. <laughs> off the record, yeah, let's do it, dude. It's there's a place that I went to in Harrisburg that was a co-working place, and like they had beer on tap. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I was like, fuck yeah, dude. This is, and they, they had beer on tap, and then they had coffee, and every week it was mm-hmm. a different beer. And every week was a different coffee brand. And it was like, cool, man. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, it was always packed. When I saw Gary V, the marketing agency I worked at was a startup in Lancaster above the Prince Street Cafe. Right? So I know exactly where, yeah. So we were above the Prince Street Cafe looking out across the sea of Fulton. Yep. You'd walk downstairs. You walk out the back, there's the Springhouse uh, tap room. Yeah. So we had spots on spots for client meetings, Dude. for anything, any time of the day, like morning, networking, night. Networking, yeah. man. And I met some I met some interesting cats when I worked there. I mean, but, but at the end of the day, like what we're talking about is the same thing, right? It, like, and it's Lebanon has the opportunity, and it all comes back to real estate because that's that's the thing is like the one thing in the world that you can't re well technically let's you know reproduce is land. You know what correct. I mean? Like yeah, they Abu Dhabi's making correct. fucking islands and shit like that. Yeah. But realistically, like you can't re- reproduce land. So the value of land is gonna constantly, it's it, you know, it's gonna continue to grow. And Lebanon has this like untouched, unrefined opportunities. And but the thing is though, is it's the perception. There's a lot of big time invest. Think of like Lebanon, like a like a like a donut, right? Yeah. Like you you, you brought up like uh, Jonathan Byler and like uh, North Cornwall Commons. Uh, for everybody that's out there, that's uh, like uh, south of Lebanon, mm-hmm. um, right outside the city. But there's a lot of development. There's, you know, 200 and some row homes. There's over mm-hmm. 300 apartment, you know, condos. There's uh, the hotel. There's businesses, uh, restaurants, all these other things. Um, but y- that's all happening outside around the city right now. And that's one spot. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, like at a single location. And it's going to like when I say the donut effect is like. It's happening all around the city, but the city, right? Yeah. At some point, that donut hole is going to get closed. You know what I mean? There's going to be one investor that just has to prove the fucking point or have the balls to do something, you know, massive in the city or spend a chunk of change in the city. Because, like, I've spent a couple million dollars in the city for our real estate, but I'm talking, like, a $10 million, $12 million project. And that happens, you are going to see fucking floodgates because... To purchase property and land in the city versus like outside the city is like 
peanuts. You know what I mean? So your really? dollar goes, yeah, it goes way farther. You know what I mean? So because it's been, it's been untouched and, and, and it's devalued for decades. So you're going to get to this point where like everything's going to get developed out around, which is going to happen, dude. Like you see Wawa go. Same thing happened in Lancaster at the beginning. Yeah, bro. It started in like, so it started with like, let it getting developed. They got the target. They got the giant, like that, that whole shopping center Suburb, used to be a farm. Lancaster. Like, dude, look at, look at the Manheim auction across from yeah. that. All that development over there. All that stuff gets developed. It started there first and then the city got poured into. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I see with Lebanon and that's how it's going to happen. And, you know, five years from now, man, you're going to look at it back and just be like, wow, holy fuck. Like, Lebanon is, you know what I mean? Hey, did, did you see what just went downtown? You know, stuff like that. Like, you're going to slowly start to see it. And it, you do now. Like, bro, the average home sale on the north side of the train tracks, which is supposedly mm-hmm. the, the more rundown side of Lebanon, you know, pre-COVID would sell for like eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a house. And that was like fully flipped, like fully gutted, top yeah. of the line shit. Dude, those houses, man. I had a house across. I live on the north side, by the way. Yeah. Um, I it was kind of a, you know, last minute idea of like, well, I should probably, you know, talk the talk and walk the walk. So you know, we moved on that side, and um, you know, to prove a point of like, you can have a family, you can live in the city of Lebanon, and and have a nice home and nice property and all our stuff. But the house across the street sold for two twenty five, two hundred twenty five thousand dollars five years ago. The same house would have sold for 75, 80 grand. So, you know, just to see that appreciation and like the value and it's, it's just going to keep going up, man. Doing some math. I'm trying to think of like how insane numbers you just spit out. Like, <laughs> like I'm 80, you're just to like 225,000. You're just telling me that the triple dude. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Yes. And like straight and face you, now though, like we're not now, laughing. It's now serious. like, let's put this in perspective, right? We'll even let, we'll. That's a mat. That's an astronomical. Let's go just two years ago, three years ago, right? The same house my buddy bought for thirty thousand dollars, put fucking seventy grand, eighty grand into it, and sold it for one sixty five. So let's just put that in perspective. That would have been within three years, doubling in value, right? Mm-hmm. Then three years later, so within a six, we can actually like put a timeline, 225, 165 to 225. So it went from 80 to fucking 165, doubled to 225. And it's only going to continue to grow. There's only. Dude, I think if you look at it where Lebanon is on a map and you look at like <laughs> the perfect storm of remote work being a thing. You look at people are tired of being priced out of what used to be the areas like Westchester. You know, I was doing a comp for someone that wants to live in the main line. The average house for a three bed, four, three, four bed, whatever, like 2,000 square feet, 875, Noah. Do you know what 875 gets you out here, bro? <laughs> Mansion, dude. Yes. You're talking probably like five, six bedrooms, three and a half bath. You're talking a couple acres of land. Like, yeah, man. And it's crazy because. The, the hard part too though is you got a lot of natives of Lebanon that are like oh man this is becoming you know I can't like it's not affordable it's not this and it's like well that's because Lebanon has always been dirt cheap because but Lebanon has always been a town where people came to yes like what I'm trying to say is like yeah back in the day before the steel mills what was it like then like it's cyclical right it's cyclical Super in nature well, dude so you bring in these new businesses you bring in 
like a life cycle. Bro. Like you bring in like the remote work, which is going to be way more appealing to people. You bring in these blue collar dope jobs. Like you're going to have people that want to live in the city that want to not only, you know, walk to work potentially or have a very short drive, but you want people to have like their kids school that they can walk to. You want them to have the restaurant where they take their family out and they can walk to. And they like, just want all a night. the things that they can just like, like you said, like, sir, bro, you would go downtown for one thing. But knowingly, like subconsciously in your mind, be like, well, I'm going to, there's this shop and this shop and this shop on the way. Lebanon has that potential and growth opportunity and it's, ha- it's going to happen. And it's it took it's a, pride. It, people started, like once the city started getting invested into, yep. people were proud to live there yes. and they would have so much nice landscaping in those brick duplex row homes yep. you talked about. Like yep. I lived in one of those. I yep. know now. I'll tell you right now, I was not the world's like the the neighborhood's like best landscaper, <laughs> but like, dude, there were. But you some see someone else doing hard. it. But the thing too is like, you see other people doing it. It's like, man, my shit looks like it looks. Yeah, like, I got I got to fix my place up. I got I got to do some things to my place. You and that I mean? and that's at what people would call like the low end or whatever. But like, it, look, those houses that used to sell for eighty ninety k, two hundred fifty k now. You, they're tripling. You were you you're fi- you were dumbfounded over the numbers of Lebanon. Look at Lancaster, dude. dude I'm There's telling you, their house my... is selling for fucking. Uh, I had it. My engineer did uh, a house in downtown. Um, One point two million dollars it sold for. When yeah, it was also, downtown has some. It's like a mini oasis. Philly. It's a mini Philly. It, I never thought about that, but that's wild. Four hundred fifty six hundred grand for a fucking row home. It's happened, dude. The, some of the average <laughs> price. So when I was a active residential realtor, it's like when you work your way in, it goes and, from two fifty to like seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. Bro, I sold, I sold a row home for two fifty five, but it was completely exposed brick and the beams, yep, yep. and then the, like the old school bathroom with the high ceilings. Like it was a nice, you know, hardwood floors. It was a nice row home. But look at the, I guarantee no yard. you go back, and if you go back, dude, you go back. Dude, I'm telling you, the numbers are the same. Ten as, years, as Lebanon. It's the same. Ten thing. years, like eighty five, eighty nine thousand dollars. Two hundred fifty five is sold, dude. We literally just 10 minutes, 20 minutes ago, we saying how like that house went from 80,000 to 225. And you just said those sold for 80 to 90. But to you two. know what? I'll tell you this right now. You know what area is not doing that is like Detroit. No. And I yeah. mean, they, they had a little bit of investment with that. Uh, I forget what that was a stadium they put in there. Yeah. But that, but but what we're saying with Lebanon is we we are at an inflection point. Like we can either go up and appreciate the value and reinvest and rebuild the middle class, or we can keep letting that middle class kind of just fall by the wayside. Yep. But like I think that we have enough good stuff around us with you know what's going on in Lancaster County and Dolphin County, Hershey, and then also like this the job market, right? The distribution, the the commuter area where yep. we have this benefit where like I have a friend who was Bosnian and his father was like first generation, but he might've actually had a green card Yeah, would travel from Hempfield school district, like West Lancaster to New York city five times a week to do his like blue collar, like service job. I have buddies that did Terrazzo in New York and would drive every day. They'd wake up at two, three o'clock in the morning to get the work by six and then work a full 10 hour day and then drive home every day. And then they would work weekends doing Terrazzo in New York city. That's American dream though. And like what I'm saying is, but we don't appreciate that anymore. We don't appreciate that anymore. But like that is that I think is making a comeback to this area. Yes, it can. It can now circle back because for hit the mu- like you can make the proportionally the money you can make versus your the, the lifestyle and things you can live here 
it's all here. You know it's what I mean? Here. Instead of you driving from Hempfield to go to New York, you could live in Lebanon and drive 10 minutes to out 78 or whatever yes. distribution center and make, you know, 60, 70,000, 80,000, 100,000 dollars working a, you know, at a distribution, you know, because everybody thinks, oh, you work at distribution, oh, you're, you know, no college education. Dude, I, I have, uh, there's a, um, I have a Facebook friend. Um, she works for a massive uh, distribution company, like like uh, I think it's like Kellogg's or something like that. Bro, she has, she is super high up now. You know what I mean? Super high up, and you know it all started working at the bottom. You know what I mean? Dude, I have another buddy who picker who, and a packer, he, and now he can run the warehouse. He's a re, he's a manager for McDonald's. Like he oversees yeah. a couple of McDonald's. Dude makes like 150 grand a year, hundred whatever, hundred yeah. forty or something like that. And he started at McDonald's in high school. Yeah. And all I remember a lot of our friends used to make fun of him because he worked at McDonald's. And now this guy is living a very – in this, 140, 150 grand in this area in Lebanon is, not, is f- living pretty fucking comfortably, bro. And the thing that people don't understand, I, I don't think, is that all the whole market's based off supply and demand. Yep. There's a massive demand for people with – for logistics and fulfillment. And there's not enough people that are willing to put in the work. And if you're willing to put in the work, like Gary Vee started in the stock room of his parents' liquor <laughs> store. Six million to sixty and million. And he's like, Who's laughing now, bitch? Yep. Yeah, man. If you can will if you're willing to put in the work and like I said, no secret sauce. You just put the no. work in, show up, and you know, just keep pushing it every day. Yeah, it's gonna suck. From dude. A, from an entrepreneur standpoint, no, what does putting the work in look like for you? Oh, putting the work in for me, man, is, is staying focused. That's like probably my weakness out of everything is like, I have ADHD, bro. I'm very open with like the things that I, I deal with. I have ADHD, uh, anxiety, depression, bipolar. I was diagnosed when I was like 17 years old and I struggle because, you know, you always hear like, Oh, squirrel, you know, like the dog from up or whatever. So when I'm in putting in the work every day, it's, it's staying focused and, and like, you know, basically putting blinders on of like, all right, this is my, this is what I'm trying to accomplish here. You know what I mean? I'm trying to acquire this property. I'm trying to develop, you know, the, the largest Lebanon city portfolio. I'm trying to provide the greatest product and service that Lebanon city has to offer for as a landlord. It's staying focused on that. Cause in real estate, bro, there's so many ways to make money. You can be an agent, you can be a loan officer, you can be a title, co- like an attorney or title company, you can be a landlord, you can be a wholesaler. Like, there's so many ways that you can make money. You can be a photographer, you can be a photographer, you could be a marketing manager, you can yeah. be a, you know, a, all these different things can be in real estate. It's just stay like focusing and staying in your lane. Yeah. Like, I've realized that when you look at super like high earners, they're in multiple lanes, but they became in multiple lanes because they focused on one lane for mm. so fucking long and so fucking hard. And now they have the opportunity to branch out, to have auxiliaries. And I, my daily is like, okay, I need to grind out my day by building up my real estate company. Um, you know, we started our, our, our construction company, Alliance Construction, because construction and real estate go hand in hand right um when one's up the other one's up when one's down the other one's down um and just staying and drilling that in every day of like i need to focus on these things not like oh there's a shiny new thing over here you know i could do this what 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 does doing the boring work look like because i mean i'm a big adhd guy too so when 
when I'm looking at building my business now, my problem is I have an, I could get analysis paralysis, right? People look at ADHD as like, oh, they don't have focus. It's like, no, I have too much focus. See, I'm the opposite. Like, like I, I could hyper, I could hyper focus on the wrong thing. Yeah. I am the, the boring shit that, that drives me nuts is like in the office, you know, categorizing transactions on QuickBooks, bro. The most simplest thing in the thing in the world that you can hire a bookkeeper. That sounds but, like hell. But the thing is though, is like as an entrepreneur, bro, like at like, you touch it though. You need to know it. You, you need, need to, to it. understand it. Yeah. You need to be able to look at your P and L and, and, and review it after yeah. a month because yeah, I can hire a bookkeeper to, to right. categorize transactions, re, you know, reconcile my books. But at the end of the day, like I need to know what that fucking says. So when I go to present myself to the bank, to another investor, to anybody, you need to know it like it's back of your hand. Exactly. The only yeah. way to know is that you're in it. And so you play basketball, like shooting free throws, do it, practicing your layups, practicing your passes, right? Dribbling, like those the are some fundamentals. Of the, basic. the I, fundamentals. I don't, I'm not a basketball player, but like I'm assuming those are the fundamentals. Like for me as a marketer, the fundamentals are like every day I commit probably sixty to ninety minutes to going on social media and doing like either DMs, creating content, like like look like looking over analytics, like committing to my my outreach platforms that I actually have like activity on. Like I, I always make sure my email, my text, my phone calls are always done. And then it's like creating, whether I'm going to write something up, like I'm going to create a new website page or I'm going to create a new campaign or I'm going to create a new roadmap for a client. Like I got to do that on top of now that's like working on the bit, like building the business, creating the thing that I offer as a service. Like I do like the marketing strategy and then it's like trying to close sales to bring a new business for my Estimate, own thing. Yep. And then it's like, all right, like not only can I do all those things for one of my clients, but like I do it for myself as a client, which yep. I sometimes forget. And then it's like, all right, shit, like I got a wife and a kid and this and that. Like people don't understand that we don't get paid based off the time that we put in exchange for a salary. We have to create value and then go ahead and sell and communicate that value to others. Yes. And like make sure that value gets transcended to other people's lives getting better. And like doing the basics, there's so many fucking basics to do. And like that's what's crazy about ADHD is like I love the challenge because I'm not I'm not super stimulated. Like I, I would be the worst at having to do like I have friends that are absolute monsters at fulfillment and like warehousing and like distribution. I couldn't do it because nope. I don't have the patience for that nope. shit. I, I'm right I there with you, it. man. But uh, this, like talking to people one on one, yes, coming up with creative ideas, like problem how, solving. Yeah, how many? Yeah, it's crazy. Like how many ideas have we thrown back and forth in the past hour, dude? You know what I mean? Of just. We're just chatting. We're trying to solve the problem of like how to make Lebanon. Exactly. I'm not saying great again, but like better. Yes. Right? Because it could be better than ever has been. Progressive to go in, to go go forward, forward, bro. You know what I mean? And, and that's what finance is supposed to be is like, okay, it doesn't like accounting is, I look at it as a language of looking at what happened with the money in the business. Finance is like what can happen, how to make it happen. Yep. And like with what we do, right? Because I'm going to assume that like your superpower, your thing, if you chose what you spent all this time on and got really good at before you started doing other stuff was probably sales and like project management and talking with people like people. Yeah. I was going to say, man, like it, my strong suit is sales and it's crazy because I have no traditional sales, you know, background at all. Like I, I not had any training or anything like that. It's just my natural ability to connect with people. And like you said, problem solve, like sales is service, man. Yes. At the end of the day, it's service. Like if you, so that in my mind, if I could do that all day, I would, I would be so happy and I would kill it. But like you named all those other things that have to happen before it, after it, during it. Yeah. That's where, you know what I mean, the grind comes from. Because, dude. dude, sales, like, at the end of the day, like, like 
you love what you you love marketing, right? You can love it. do it in your sleep. This if I could do podcasting all, all day, day bro, easy all day, but people fail to realize that like this is only like the things that you love and you're so good at are literally like one percent of what you do exactly and you're until you get until you grow the business until you get to where like oh i'll hire a bookkeeper oh i hire a a finance manager oh i hear i hire an acquisitions manager i hire you know a marketing and the grind for me is especially now because we're just starting the construction company is fulfilling all those things so that i can go do sales (laughs) you know what i mean because without sales you don't drive the business but without project management, without bookkeeping, without it doesn't all those, get done. It, it doesn't matter. I could get a million leads in the world. Yeah. If I can't fulfill them, it doesn't mean jack shit. Exactly. It's it's like sales. It's like what's the offer? Like what are you like pitching, whatever. Yep. Like what do you have to sell? Then sales is like selling it. Yep. Getting the money to come in. Marketing is like getting people to know it. And then you have fulfillment, which is like doing the work once it's agreed upon. And then you have um, finance and accounting, which is managing the money, which Behind, is a whole, yeah. which is a whole different thing. Another animal. I'm not even going like IT, HR, nope. and fucking legal because I don't even want. to touch <laughs> You're going that. into all, yeah. All but like the right things. now, I'm looking at like a, honestly, Noah. Probably for me, my biggest things are like, luckily, and I'm not at the point with HR, but HR was a huge time suck for me before. Like IT was a huge time suck yep. for me before. Legal was a huge time suck for me before. Yep. And like I'm, I'm right there with you, dude. I'm doing my own bank racks. I'm doing my own bookkeeping. But isn't it crazy though that like, but like ten years ago, would you have pictured yourself like we were, you know, partying or whatever? Like, oh, I'm gonna no. be the guy that's gonna be ripping QuickBooks at like seven no. o'clock at night on Hell Tuesday. No. Nah, not even one bit. And it's crazy because I, I, I hopped on a like a live the other day to talk about, uh, I was talking about like purpose in life and stuff like that. And a buddy of mine posted he. Brandon Motuck, shout out to him, another big time like uh, real estate investor out of uh, Harrisburg. Um, you know, dude, the guy just knows how to build businesses, and 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 he he comes from project management background, but um, posts tons of motivational, inspirational shit, and and every so often like, and I always read it and stuff yeah. like that. But he posted, you know, a thing about you know, hey, if, you know, when you're down and you know, and you're struggling on your purpose or the where you're at in life and like, damn, I should be this much farther, blah, blah, blah. The things that as entrepreneurs you run into every fucking day, especially with social media, he put like, you know, if you ask your 13 year old self, yes, you know, where you're at now, what would they think of you? And it's like, it, it hit me, dude. I brought me to tears. Cause it's like, gosh, damn, like I'm, you know, struggle every day of, I should be here. I should be doing this. My, my businesses should be at this size. You know, I have uh, buddies that are, you know, but you have a boy. How old is your boy? He is 10. He's going to be 11 in November. So. so there you go. Put yourself in his shoes and look at you that way. And dude, it's crazy that, you, you know, I never thought of that way. Like, cause I, I, I read that and I'm like, damn, like, like you just said 10 years ago, well, we're going back another 10 years. We're going back 20 years ago, almost of like asking my childhood self of like, you know, what is, what would he think of me? And it's like, damn, like it very proud. And you know, your point with my son, like, he don't give two fucks about, you know what I mean? The, no, but how will he look like when he's your age looking at how he was at this age? Oh, yeah. That's going to be wild. Like, oh, shit. Dad got us this oasis in the city. Yeah, yeah. And he's busting his ass and this and that. It, like, it, like, like I know that when, when I was growing up and going to my, again, not to make it about me, but like I have a really similar thought experiment, which is like the grandchild and the grandfather paradox. So I look at my eight-year-old self and my 80-year-old self hypothetical and I'm like, all right, at 80, am I going to regret what I'm 
what I what I've done and at eight, why well, I regret not doing it. Like while well, I disappoint the kid, like, oh man, you're so fucking lame. Yeah. Or at eighty be like, oh man, you're a pussy. Like I don't want either of those people to think of me that way. Yep. So I look at my current self, I'm like, all right, are my actions align with like the whole timeline. And when I was a fucking kid, man, I looked at my dad, I'm like, oh man, dad, your job sucks. And now I'm like, dude, your job was sick. Dude. Like your job was sick. He was a commercial real estate broker. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, that was that's what I do. Like that's what I want to do now as soon as I like learned. My dad dude, it's crazy to think about this as like my dad was a uh, he owned a drywall company and was in construction and um, you know, both my mom's a beautician and and so you know the trade route, right? They both pushed me and my brother to not do that stuff because they knew that and you did construction. It, yeah, yeah, dude. Like it, I ended up being an electrician, and now I, you know, got in real estate, and now full circle. Like, dude, yeah. I'm back in construction again. Yeah. And um, yeah, I look at my like, I look back and like look at my father. Like, like I loved going on job sites. You know what I mean? And you know, doing going to job sites, like seeing the blueprints on my dad's table yeah. and stuff like that, and him sitting there cooking that shit of like figuring out all that shit out. And and you know, I didn't realize that until later on in life and now I look back and it's like dang like that was a sign that I wish I would have called as a child of like this is this is the more I understood what he did the more I appreciated it so exactly when I was a little kid because I ADHD you know what I mean I yep. was like oh, I can't sit still yeah no. why are we talking to people for so long but now I know what they're talking about I'm like oh that's the most exciting shit in the world to me it's interesting it's it's it, yeah, it's dude. crazy to see like the development too because like I think people like you and me ADHD entrepreneurs you gotta find. Su- what happens if you don't find your path, power. man? Yeah, Superpower. Like, what, what? Could you imagine if you never found like what you were called to do? Like, what? I literally, dude. That that live video I was just talking about, bro. It was, straight, it was straight up about purpose of like understanding that every day and knowing that purpose. You know what I mean? And like, re- dude, it's about the journey, man. Yeah. It's not about the destination. It's about it like you said, dude. You're 80 years old looking at it. At you know, being eight years old and eight years old looking at 80. Has nothing to do the about map. being eighty. Has nothing to do about being eight. It's about everything. Fuck the seventy-two yes. years in between, yes. and knowing that purpose just helps fuel it. Wake like get, like waking up in the morning and knowing like I'm here to do this fucking shit for this reason is super powerful, bro. And Dude, it, it's it's tough. You know what I mean? It is absolutely tough. But everything that I think is worth it is somewhat to some degree tough. I think you know one of the things that I've learned. You know, we're talking about uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm an Alex Hermosi fan also. Pretty similar, but more like modern. And he's a private equity guy too. But long story short, he has this uh, this saying. It's like, use what you got. And, uh, you know, for people with ADHD, people entrepreneurs, they have anxiety. They have depression. They have insecurity. They have doubts. They got, you know, stress out the ass. Like Kanye West, bro. It's my fucking superpower. Yeah, but like you got to use it, dude. You can't just hide from it. You can't run from it. You can't ignore it. You got to use it because it's it's telling you, like there was a, an, a a conversation on artificial intelligence that's saying that AI is more similar to a thermostat. Like a thermostat is more dangerous for you, like HVAC, than like what AI is today. They were saying that thermostat gets, gets sweaty when it's outside of when it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, it, it's always trying to obtain like a state of homeostasis. Yep. Uh, it takes up massive, massive power. It has uh, insight into your home, like all these analogies. And I'm like, dude, we're kind of like a thermostat. Like we're always trying to get comfortable. But like when your conditions outside are rough, like you have to work so much harder to get comfortable. And uh, that whole perspective shift to me was like, dude, you don't get to be 
like it takes a lot more energy to heat up like a 10,000 square foot building than it does like a box. Yes. So the bigger you get, the more energy it takes to keep that thing yes. and under condition, you know, to, you know, about real estate and stuff. And like, I've realized that in real estate as you, you know, cause I'm impatient, man, the ADHD, yeah. you said it earlier, like the patience of something like in real estate of buying that first property, a single family home, then buying a duplex, then buying a quad, then buying a mixed use, then buying, you know, a 15 unit, like the deals get bigger. There's more complexity to it. There's more longevity to it. There's more time and you know, it's harder and longer yeah. to take, to build that and stuff. But it compounds though. Like it literally compounds. Like I bought my first three units in 2019 and then the next year I bought four more. The next year I bought 10 more. So 2020, 2021, 2022, last year I bought, I think 37, you know what I mean? So like we we're up to 70 units and it's crazy. I wanted to get to a hundred, but I was so maxed out for my capacity and everything else like that. And, you know, stretched and, and just, we actually then ended up selling 15 of them to restructure and, and get, you know, get some equity. There's some equity play in it too. Can't lie about that. But, you know, now I'm sitting at 55 units and I'm not gonna lie. I sitting here like, fuck man. I'm like, I didn't hit my goal. I didn't get a hundred. But then I look at it, it's like, damn, I got 55 cash flowing units that literally have a half my portfolio has like tripled in value from when I, I bought it. And now I'm starting to realize that like, it's all that uncomfortable nights and long, you know, making deals on vacation and, and all that, you know, the thermostat idea of like, fuck man, like I'm su it's super uncomfortable out there. I'm trying to get myself comfortable and you get lost in a moment. Yeah. You get lost in the journey and stuff like totally. that. And then finally you get to a point where you're sitting, you know, on a podcast thinking like, damn, like I'm got to where I really wanted. You know what I mean? And now I'm going to take it, you know, I'm going to, maybe I'll buy 50, 60 units next and year. And the thing is like, you don't know someone might listen to this and hear your story and get super inspired and might reach out, might have a deal that can sell you those 40 units yep. after one podcast. You don't know that. Like we don't, there's, it's also like luck is more like a net than it is like a lightning bolt. Yes. So like you want to create a surface area for luck by creating these activities. And I'm, I look at these podcasts, these conversations that we're doing as like creating a square footage in that, that net for, for luck. Cause like, I mean, shit, uh, you got to shoot a lot of free throws in order to get your percentage over a certain amount. Yep. Uh, I guess Shaquille O'Neal never got that memo. It's all a numbers game, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but Shaq has how many rings? You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, so you're. I'm you're not right. talking. I, I, I know you're not a Lakers fan, but uh, <laughs> you know what's crazy is I'm a Shaq fan though. Good. Which is crazy that you brought that up. I like that. that. Wild. I'm a Shaq. Fan. Got, I'm a Heat fan, so like when Shaq went to the Heat and won the chip with Dwayne Wade, like yeah. yeah, man. But no, your analogy of the net, bro, is like the truth of it is. It's, it goes back to the secret sauce. There is no secret sauce. You put in the work, you try to build that net as big as possible so all the opportunities fall in those net and you get to cherry pick them. Yeah. And that comes down to you building your network and leveraging you what you have, you know, what you said. And what I had was just, honestly, man, I'm just a fucking poor kid from Lebanon City, bro, that was born to a beautician and a drywaller and, you know, was an outcast in school, you know, because I did have, you know, we grew up in an era where mental illness, like, Wasn't especially, dude, our parents, it's man, such a stigma, dude. Like, bro, our parents, man, like, fuck, my, both you know, my parents had meant, had problem mental, absolutely, dude, and, you know, yeah, oh, suck it to fuck up. Yeah. Oh, but that wasn't a real thing. You know what my their thing it is what it is. Yeah. It's like All day. stop being a stop being a pussy. Stop yep. being a bitch. Like suck it up. You're 
you know, shut up and just get the work like those yeah. things. And now, you know, and through high school, like it's crazy. Even when I was in high school, it was still that concept. Like I Dude. struggled with things that now I look back and it's like, damn, like if I would have just known or at least had the idea, I could have probably Dude, done something a my, little bit different. So my dad was like football coach through and through. He was oh. like, you're going to the NFL. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I got knocked out in a game against Ephrata. Concussion. <laughs> in the hospital, dude. Straight up decleated. Like, looking through my ear hole, dude. My dad, goes, the next day, he goes, concussions are for pussies. You're going back to practice Monday. Dude. I'm like, dude, nowadays? That's insane. Bro. But like, that's how it was. The the 80s era is what I call it. The the, the fathers that grew up in the 80s and, like, Dude, I Just remember gunning cigs in the car. Bro, I remember my dad <laughs> with you in the back in the hot box. Dude, dude I remember my dad. He had a '92 Astro van for his. Yeah, dude, he had this like very successful drywall business. He <laughs> bought this '92 Astro van brand new the year I was born, and every dude it had three it had uh, three sets of uh, like the three rows or whatever. Yeah, two rows. Two years back seat came out. Three years back, seat came out. Next thing you know, he has fucking piece of plywood screwed to the bottom because that that was his haul and van, dude. He, it got up to three. He drove that thing to three hundred thousand miles, bro. But he would take me on job sites. Well, there's no dude. I'm eleven years old, right? My son's age, sitting in the front seat, bro, and like literally, he's just straight hitting a bogey. <laughs> no seatbelt has fucking like yeah. ACDC fucking crank, dude, and he's air drumming on the freaking steering wheel. Yeah. Like that was. That was life, bro. Yes. That was simple life. And I'm what's a seatbelt? As much yeah, as much as I appreciate it, I do look as like, oh fuck, man. That, I that can't is, do that. that is, yeah, I, I, I go nuts if my son don't put his seatbelt on, bro. Like right. tell me not like right. the thought process waited, but what's a fucking car seat? It it established it established, <laughs> it established who now, we are dude? and and you know, like I I appreciate <sighs> the struggle that I went through and, and the things that I went through because now it it. I am not the smartest, bro. I, I'm, what is smart, though? Like I, I, I look at like the definition of smart and intelligent, right? Intelligent is like your total ability to like, like learn, like learn things quickly. I think like comprehension, comprehension. Yeah. But I think it's smart as like how quick it takes between stimulus and response to change. Yes. Like, all right, if I touch this this hot fire once, am I going to touch it again and burn myself repeatedly, or it's, am I going to change? It's it's basically, I look at intelligence as like. Most intelligent people fuck up a lot. Fuck up a lot. But those fuck ups are once and done. But it's the at bats thing. And dude. and then it's what they do after the fuck up. Like yeah. dumb people fuck up and fuck up over and Repeatedly. over again of the same thing. They're committed to it. Yes, insanity. Like they're literally doing the same thing over and over again, yeah. expecting different results. Where like, like you said, smart, intelligent people make a mistake, own it. That's another thing. Intelligent people are very good yeah. at like admitting whether they do it externally or internally because we all know there's a lot of super wealthy people that are fucking assholes and narcissists yes but sure. in there i know and dumb for people sure and poor people and, yeah there is there is but i look at like wealthy people of like like ex like they know when they fucked up and they can admit it now like i said they may not do it externally because you you know when you're fucking the main guy you I've learned over the years, like, sometimes being honest isn't the fucking best thing to do. Like, if the company's taking a shit or there's some fucked up shit happening, you gotta, you gotta, you know, be be careful on how you're explaining it to everybody. You can't just walk in and be you like... You be tactful. Yeah. You, you can't, be tactful. Just, can't just be like, fuck this. This, this place sucks. Everything's falling yeah, apart. I gotta that. go home. Yeah, yeah. So, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> intelligent people, you know, admit 
yeah. in their head that they're wrong. And then, like you said, Willing change, change. It. They make the change and they, they, whatever, adapt to it. Dude, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, like, I'm now, I've been self-employed since 2019. So four years now, pretty almost exactly. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many times, dude, I've gone close, like zero, <laughs> like from zero and I had to win it all back. I went from asking my mom for fucking more, um, like, I was like, mom, I hate to ask you for money, but like, I don't want to be late to my bills. And she wrote me a, f- and she, she's a school bus driver. You know what I mean? Like my mom was like, you Bro, know, blue collar superhero. Wrote me a fucking blue collar. Moms are the dude. They whip, they whip dollars out their ass more than a fucking stripper. I, made, I don't understand it. Dude, for their kids. It, that's, Bro, I don't, I don't get it. Like, so like she did that for me. And then like a year later, my fucking finance accountant guy is like, you're a millionaire. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, I still feel probably just as broke as I did when I had no money. Dude, but it, like, it doesn't make it, but that's another game of the entrepreneurship. Sometimes you're way high. Sometimes you're low. Like, dude, like the roller coaster, it's is a roller coaster. It, it, insane. And like, if I you started, want, if you don't want to live a roller coaster life, don't be in business. Like, don't be don't an entrepreneur. Do like it, some people it's can't, not, it's, not, it's for not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Like I have friends that, like you said, like they have their, they clock in and clock out and that's their life and they make good money and they live a good life and they're, they're happy. That's cool. And I, dude, I have friends I, do that too. I applaud like this, this they guy named that. Dean. I worked at Hershey Park as an electrician. Dean, he found the fucking secret sauce. This dude worked at Hershey Park mechanic. Happiest guy that I ever fucking met in my life. Side note, Noah said there is no secret sauce, but he found it. <laughs> Dean. If Dean there knows. is a sauce, bro, it's Dean. This guy works at Hershey Park as a mechanic. Super <laughs> great guy. He literally works the fuck out of his nine months, right? He, like, yeah. any overtime he can get, all this other stuff. And then come, like, November, like late October, early November, he's been there so long that he has enough vacation. And the way our schedule worked of like having like every other weekend off and working 10 days straight, having four days off and the holidays from November going into like January, like 15th, he'd take two and a half months off and go to this beach house down in like in Florida and just hang out. And this dude was so fucking happy. And this guy, like, cause I used to think like, dude, this guy has no life. He works here all the time. And then I realized like, damn, Where's Dean at? He's not here. Dude, Dean hasn't been here for like three months. And one time I asked him, he's like, yeah, I go I, I go down. I work my ass off for nine months. My children are all grown. You know what I mean? My grandkids, I see them, you know, when like they come to the park and visit me and all our stuff. And then come November of every yeah. year for the past, how many, I forget, he said like 10, 15 years now. He's like, I disappear for two and a half, three months. Nobody bothers me. I sit on my boat. I fish. I hang out down there. And I'm like, dang, bro. Dude. This dude is so happy entrepreneur this is this is one of my huge entrepreneurial like eye-opening motivations from 2018 i flew out to boise idaho to see a buddy of mine and on that flight this boise. guy's yeah oh yeah dude. what is in boise boise is lit by the way so it was like so <laughs> what is you're in boise dude you're laughing but we can't I just talk know, about i just know boise state that's all i know of like well I'm, click funnels you know who russell brunson is no all right well then i'll tell you about him after the pod okay so ClickFunnels is there. There's Oracle. There's all kinds of fucking crazy shit going on, Boise. But in 21 and 20, I believe maybe 22, it was ranked the number one city for real estate investors in the country. Holy fuck. I want to go to Boise, bro. Yeah, you do. I'm going to sell you on I did, Boise I right just here. love the fact that like, because the only so, thing I think of is Boise State football in the blue. Oh, dude. Like, you, you know what I mean? Oh, dude. You, you would fucking love Boise. <laughs> so it's the perfect mesh between like Silicon Valley and like the Wild West. 
and like Pitt- and s- Pittsburgh. So like everyone, there's cowboy shit kicker bars. That's next, what I was gonna say. Next to like, uh, like fucking bougie ass like high like high end. Oh, it's and everyone there like is super happy. It's a wild mix. Everyone's super fucking happy. Like my buddy is like the president of the chamber of commerce, like board of directors of the chamber of commerce. Like it's a lot, a lot of shit going on. So I go to visit him because long story short, I go to visit him. Guy sitting next to me in the plane. We're talking. It's a long plane ride, like six hours or whatever. We're talking to him the whole time. Turns out this guy co-owns a paving company with his good buddy, and they work their ass off for five months. Four out or of the five year. months, yeah, dude. Nah. And they they make probably two hundred k each, like for their family. And then he hunts and fishes the rest. And he goes, dude, I, Secret I, sauce. I, he goes, I harvested like, he did the math. It was like a hundred thousand dollars worth of meat. <laughs> I was like, bro, what the fuck did you just say? It's crazy. He goes, like, I'm an elk hunting guide. He's like, there's so much money in that. Like, I just, I just gonna, like, to do think, my job. Like, the two stories we just gave of like, it's it, the same thing. There is no secret sauce. It's literally just finding what makes you happy and does it fit the lifestyle you want to be? Like, that guy doesn't want to drive fucking 20 Lamborghinis and have a fucking $2 million home. He wants to work his ass off for five months and go fucking hunt. Yes. You know what I mean? The other, my, my guy wants to fucking work his ass off and go sit on, yes. on a boat down in down in South Florida. Like I want to work my ass off and go to some barbecue place down the street dude. and have a fucking <laughs> shit old dive bar. That's what I want to do. A little, a little, little <laughs> secret right there. <laughs> Bro, it's 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 literally comes down to like, again, back, like it goes back to your purpose thing of like knowing, if you know what you want and how to get to it, man, Dude, you're gonna be the happiest guy in the world. Like that is so true. And then like having the patience to weather the bullshit. Yes. Like my goal in August, so like September, uh, August I had my ch- my first child. In September Congrats. I was like I'm I'm out of what I was doing, <laughs> the business I started. It got real big real quick, and I was just like, this ain't for me. I just had that moment of clarity. So I wanted to start my own thing, you know, being my own solopreneur. And my goal, I'm laughing because it's just like, holy shit, how much has changed in 10 months, 11 months, was to do 240K my first year. So 20K a month on average. And I was like, yeah, I could start doing that within like 30 days, right? I'm like, holy shit. Like... (laughs) Like I found my LLC, got the bank account, like got the website up, all this stuff, and I tore my ACL. Oh shit! So I like couldn't walk, and I had a newborn kid, and then like this is a little darker, but like I'm gonna laugh about it because it's been a while. Then my mom got killed in a car accident. My godmother died from um, what the heart fuck, failure man? in November, and my grandmother died all within ninety days. Holy shit! So bro. like, I had a fucking ru- dude. You're fucking <laughs> I had a brutal fucking Q4, dude. Dude, my Q4 this is the end was, of last year. Yeah, Q4 last year. You got gut punched. Yeah, I got a fucking. I got my dick ball, twister. I got my dick <laughs> twister. <laughs> dick twister. <laughs> so I look at it. And I'm like, well, damn, bro. Well, man, like, I fucking my, didn't hit my goal, but I'm like, well, my who condolences, the fuck? bro. Like, I, mean, I got to throw that. For that. I'm trying to have a laugh about it. I know, it. bro, but but it's like I, I feel like I have to at least say. No. That. <laughs> This is what it is. That's what my mom would say. But my, my, <laughs> at the end of the day, I look at it like, oh, I could be fucking kicking my own ass for not getting my goals done. But I'm like, I did pretty fucking Dude, good in spite of shit. Fucking- like cash flow positive, like made money. Like I'm, I mean, I'm doing a business, but like 
I mean, shit, bro. You, I'm pretty sure I could, if I could handle that, I could handle a lot of it, things. Well, and then now, but like, like it, my fucking confidence level through that yes. is like pretty high, and that's key right there. You know bro. what I mean? Because I'm like, w- like no one's gonna hurt my feelings. You <laughs> I literally don't think I have any left. Are like have the balls of steel now, dude? <laughs> like going but through that. I'm sharing that with you because you can kind of relate of like all of the times where you're just like, oh, I got fucking depression, I got fucking anxiety. It's like yes, like those things exist, and then I'm like. At the end of the day, am I going to let my little kid be like, my dad's a fucking idiot? Yes. Or like my mom, who's dead, be like, wow, my son isn't as great as I thought he was before <laughs> I died after all. Like, I don't want to like tarnish her memory of me. She thought I was pretty all right. You know? So I'm telling you this to say, like, you know, like you got choices. You can either you can either do what you say you're going to do in spite of the fucked up shit happening, or you can be like, well, you know what? I guess I don't really like my life after yeah, all. Yeah, fucking but, sucks. But like, it's the same thing with Lebanon. Like Lebanon can be great or it can be like, well, fucking Lebanon. Well, but at the end of it, like your Facebook comment was like, keep doing what you're doing. They might hate on you, but they actually are fucking cheering for yeah. you because they actually just hate their own situation. Yes. It's like a reflection. To, and this is the, this is the breaking point of Lebanon. Like the city of Lebanon, Lebanon County is going to continue to thrive because yes. it it is suburban. There's We're going to make it thrive. Stuff. Yeah, it's going to happen. Lebanon City is either going to go with it and and supersede it, it or will. it's not, and it's going to stay. It's going to get worse. You know what I mean? It's going to go. It's going to backtrack. And I don't believe in that part. I believe I in the other side in, of it. I don't and believe in You are right, dude. I have a lot of people that talk a lot of shit on what I do in the city. But they still but yet, are like, for you. Like they're, yeah, dude, it's it's yeah. it's weird. But I've never had that in my life. Like I never really had that whole like boast. Like this, the same person at least. I, I, never, I never had the same person in the same sentence be like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Your shit sucks. To like, dude, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it though. Like it sucks. <laughs> and no one, no one's yeah. fucking paying for it. I know. But keep doing it. So yeah, man. Um. I'm very, very happy that I, I ended up staying in Lebanon and I get shit for that too. You know what I mean? Like I get shit for feet. <laughs> You're going to get shit for doing anything. Staying in the city. But once we realize that we're going to get shit for doing anything, but it's just like the big, like the bigger you get, the more shit you do, the more shit you get. It's the price. It's the price you have to pay for the impact you want to make. literally have. And that's, I, I struggle with that. I'm not going to lie. Like knowing, I think my biggest, like struggle and weakness is like I, i'm a people pleaser it's just yeah. a natural in my you know what i mean it, it, it comes from like it's in our in our blood dude of my family of like we always want to give people more than what they deserve we always want to help people we want to do all these things but in the world of business bro like you know we're dude you have a wolverine shirt on man like like i'm a huge comic book guy and and you're a villain in someone's story, bro. I am like definitely a villain you, in someone's like, story. But it like, has to because the life is balanced. Like all this stuff that you're like, I could go buy a house, right? And and say I buy a house from like a sibling, right? Their parents pass away, all sorts of stuff. And to them, it was the biggest relief of their life. But then there's a, a disgruntled sibling that fucking Dude. hates my guts, that thinks I I stole the property and I did this and I did that. And it's like, what the fuck? I, I dude, your Dude. brother or sister was in was like grieving and and you know shit yes. and bricks because all the shit that they're going through and you're over here bitching because they sold it for this price point it's like you wouldn't have been happy if they would have not sold it sold it whatever got a million dollars so it's Dude, every deal i could give someone the shirt off my back and they'll be pissed i didn't give them my fucking pants it's happened it's freaking ha- I, I gave someone a, i gave someone a job i gave someone a, a fucking place to live <laughs> And they still fucking stole my shit and called me an asshole, dude. And I'm like, so I'm the villain in their in their mind. But I look at it like 
I fucking kept you from being homeless, bro. There's, and a, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm an asshole. My, like, I guess that's what it is. I'm not gonna name names, but one of my I'm not naming names. Very cl- close friends, literally. <laughs> it's true. Dude. Had uh, he had a business, right? And um, he's it was all he's always giving back to the community. And yeah. he one time just randomly did a, a like literally went and got meals and and like gave them out in the back of his truck. And he ran into this guy that. <laughs> One of the people that were with him knew him and all sorts of stuff. They literally gave him food, bought him clothing, and put him in a hotel for three days and got him a cell phone, right? Doesn't That's a this, really solid play. Dude, does, yeah, a play to completely change re- someone's life. Yeah, restart your life. Like, doesn't, doesn't this guy basically tell, like, a couple days later, like, two weeks later, whatever, tell him to go fuck himself, right? <laughs> and it's like, he's like, he's like, you're, you're, you're the devil, you fucking are, you know, you are evil, all sort of stuff. My buddy's like, what? What the fuck? What did I miss? This goes on for, like, three months, right? This guy is constantly, like, uh. just showing up at the business, coming, fuck you, blah, blah. <laughs> Dude, doesn't he end up, and then, okay, so it finally got to a point where my, and again, my buddy is young and has anger and, you know what I mean, wants to help the world. But once you cross a line, that's crossing a line. To <laughs> he me, wants bud. to beat the fuck out of you. And so happened that finally he's like, oh, I see this guy again. I'm going to lay him the fuck out. I'm like, dude, he's uh, like, no, he's like, I cro- <laughs> he crossed the line now. He finally got to that point. I'm like, all right, dude, we don't see this guy for like six months. And my buddy's literally like, I don't know where this guy went, blah, 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 dude. This guy's, we owned it, we bought, me and him bought a building down the street together. This guy's yeah. breaking in and stealing copper out of him and shit like that. We caught him on what? camera. Yeah. He's stealing we, copper? He gave him a cell phone. Dude. <laughs> like, why do you need to do that? He's just, he's literally like, so finally okay. like, my buddy's like, I, I need to, I, I keep seeing him on the camera, but I can't catch him. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Did you like a dude, fucking trap? Doesn't, doesn't he find out that the guy's living in the breezeway between his business and the other building? For like a whole year, using his electricity and everything. <laughs> What's your Wi-Fi? <laughs> Fuck you, demon! What's your Wi-Fi? Dude, he literally oh. had a bed. He had a little fucking cooktop. He had an extension cord somehow plugged into my buddy's back of his warehouse. Like, dude, picture like you're in a city. You know, it's Lebanon City, and you have those breezeways in between. And this guy literally was living in it for a year. I've never seen my buddy so <laughs> pissed off and just ashamed and disappointed <laughs> at the same time. Dude, I'm just going to imagine that every person that hates me just lives in my fucking breezeway. Dude, it's like his narc- it's like his, his like arch nemesis. It was it was like, bro, this is <laughs> straight out of a movie, bro. I don't know. It sounds like this guy literally was like coming to his business. I mean, usually the- when you have an arch nemesis, they're like someone on your level. Not you goddamn fucking. Nah, bro. Not the Joker. He's like the Joker, bro. He's just there to fucking despise you. Literally, he come into the business and tell you to like fuck off or fuck you with, while he's with clients. He was freaking rummaging and destroying our, our, our property that, you know, and like sleeping there and stealing copper and all sorts stuff and then the top the chair like he's living in the breezeway of the place that my buddy does business right under his nose for six months to a year maybe i think the best way to to fix lebanon is to get that guy a bus ticket (laughs) get the fuck out go (laughs) just go go. yeah but you know If he does that, he'd probably just come right back, just like the freaking cell phone and the T-shirt and the clothing, everything else like that. That guy's a complete. Oh man! But but to that point, there's a good lesson. There's a good lesson in there. 
like, like the lesson is it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a like, sensitive conversation when you bring it up to my buddy. So I don't think he sees any lesson the, in it at the, all. The lesson here is one man's arch nemesis is another guy's rolling in the floor, laughing their ass off. Dude. Fucking story. It's the villain. It's a it's, it's a villain in everybody's story, man. That and like guy, the best revenge is just success because if you just like don't listen to these people that are malcontent. And you just like go on with your life and you just keep, keep doing your thing. It feels so good to like oh. to go on a podcast and just absolutely have a fucking belly laugh. That one, that oh. story always gets me of like, my life could get worse at it. You know what I mean? Like I could have dealt with a guy who literally was under my nose for almost a year that literally just lived to despise me, man. Dude, it, it's a very touchy. I can't even really. Dude, that's I don't bring almost it up like, anymore. that's like almost, I mean. I know it's a touchy subject. That's like almost like some homoerotic, like really like, are, are you fucking that obsessed with me? Like I know I'm, I he, feel like I'm like at least reasonably attractive, but like for someone to obsess over me that much, like he fucking hated him. Like this guy. Like, and it's crazy. Cause like I said, my buddy's really, really, that's a strong feeling. Yes. <laughs> like he, that guy literally despised him and like just thought like, I want. I don't know if it was like his like my buddy's such a good dude and like was doing like just he's jealous young. as fuck. Yes, like a hundred percent, man. I, I, that's such a crazy perspective. Like, I, I mean, that's why maybe I said that, it's like, rare. Like you said that you know an arch nemesis usually on your level or above yeah. you. And like I look at like the Joker. Like the Joker is just burn shit for fun. Is like a hundred percent does everything he does just to fucking despise Batman. That's it. Once Batman goes. There's no reason for the Joker. Yeah, anymore. he's over. That's this guy, bro. He just 100% wanted See, shits and of, giggles. I thought of Lex Luthor with Superman, but Lex Luthor probably despised nah. Superman too because he's like, oh, look, you're, you're not a hedge fund billionaire. He, he despised Superman because Superman was everything he wasn't. Yes, you're right. You know what I mean? You're like, right. You're he, like, oh, you're a good dude and you have all his power? He worked. He worked Lex Luthor, I got to respect the fuck out. He worked super hard, super intelligent, fucking yeah. all his shit. Could never be Superman. No. Never fucking good looking, chiseled chin, fucking just a good dude. Good always, dude. you know what I mean? Always other Lois Lane gets the girl. Lex fucking hated that. Dude. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's a good thing to have for us to have haters. It well Maybe it, it's a really good thing it, if you think about it. Because you said you're earlier, not pissing anybody out off, like you're not doing anything then. You're not doing like, shit. At the end of the day, most negativity and anger and all these other things is self is with himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you said it earlier about the guy I was talking about, like he wasn't upset or angry with like me or the, or what I was doing or whatnot. He was just, uh, there was something internal that was, you yeah. know, he's lashing out. And I think that's basically how the world, and I, it, I, sh it's crazy. I'm preaching this shit, but I struggle with it. Cause like, as soon as someone says, I don't like Noah, it's like, what the fuck don't you like about me, man? I'm a cuddly fucking teddy bear. Yeah, and I, I came but from do nothing, they know bro. you though? But maybe they don't know. Maybe they have to listen to our podcast. Maybe. I feel like if they listen to our podcast, that would solve it. Maybe, man. Just send them a link. I, I just, there's just people out there that, that for some reason just don't want to like you. And I, it, dude, look at the Lex Luthor Superman thing. Like, but that's who, actually a great. Who doesn't want to not like, like who doesn't want to like Superman? I mean, anyone that doesn't like Superman probably is just, it's from the James Franco quote from The Dictator. <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us. Hate us. Cause the cause the anus that movie, <laughs> dude James Franco is the G man. But it's right. Like people are just upset that, like they don't admit it, but internally and subconsciously they're upset that they're not you, that they're not doing 
something with their life. They're not, they don't have purpose. They're not, you know, out in front of people. Like it's, it's a crazy thing to say. Like it's kind of sad in reality, but Dude, that's most of, like that's society, bro. Look if, at so, if I if, have a if bad was, day at work, it's probably because of the shit I didn't do. Yes. hundred percent. It's a hundred percent because I'm like, I could have made more calls, bro. I could have written more emails. Drives me nuts. I could have done more to my website. It ruins I, my nights and my that's days. That's exactly like the, if I look back at like a hundred percent of the days that I'm pissed off about, like it's because I could have done more. I felt like I could have done more. Yep. But and you tell ha- yourself yeah. there's not enough th- hours in a day. And it's like, as an entrepreneur, it's really hard to not look at the world that way because yeah. you know we're constantly are you like, do you watch do you ever watch peaky blinders fucking all of them dude fucking huge tom, tommy shelby fan there's always business yeah there's biz i, I got business that's our mindset there's always bro. business there's always business he, you know what i mean i got business to do and that mentality yes. bro resonates with me and that's why at the end of the day when you're like fuck I, I could have got this done i could have made this one extra call i could have done this i'm not a businessman i'm a business man Jay-Z? I hope. You're Jay-Z. probably right. It sounds right. Jay-Z. No. No, that's uh, Kendrick Lamar. Oh. Kendrick Lamar. I'm almost positive. Damn, everybody's going to hate on me now with my hip-hop because I love hip-hop, bro. And I'm trying to think. I'm not a business. Yeah, it, it's it's either Kendrick Lamar or Jay-Z. I'm going to get a lot of shit for this one now. So, it, Noah... I'm gonna. <laughs> I could keep going on this route yeah. for a while, but I'm how long? How long yeah. Well, how long has it been? Almost an hour and a half. <laughs> hour and hour and something. This is the longest. You're gonna have to. Day. You're gonna definitely have to chop this bad boy. I'm. Up. I'm not chopping shit. <laughs> I'm keeping as is. I'm gonna put a. I'm gonna put a not safe for work explicit yeah. label on there. Nah, definitely. Which is fine because it's, it's good times. But um, <clears throat> shout out to Noah. Askfornoah.com is your website. Alliance Construction. What's how do people find, obviously, social media, Noah Starry? Yeah, so Noah Starry, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, the real Noah Starry on Instagram. Uh, ask for Noah for our real estate, you know, buy and sell. If you're, you know, in the, the hunt to, to buy a property as an investor or you're a seller that's looking for another option to sell their property. Star Wars properties, we don't have any uh, social media marketing, but that is my rental, uh, uh, real estate rental company. You can go to www.starwarproperties.com. Um, Tammy, our resident manager is always updating it for vacancies. And then we have Alliance construction, which you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, for all of your construction needs, you know, windows, doors, decks, patios, basements, kitchens, baths. We do it all. We, uh, we turn your vision into reality. Hell yeah. Well, that was keeping it real with Noah. Keeping it real estate. Thanks for listening to Thunder Sox show. If you made it this whole, this whole way. <laughs> Always reach out. I love having conversations like this that are productive and a good time. Um, there was also like 45 minutes prior to this too. Yeah, we were chilling. I love it. We've, we've been hanging out for like three hours. So I love it. It's a good time. Thunderstock show out.